0: Okay, so the past few weeks, uh, we had uh, we had picked up in, in Luke chapter 5, and we, we've gone through, we'll finish chapter 5, and last week we were coming out of um, some confrontation between the Pharisees and uh, Jesus addressing the Pharisees and the sin within their hearts and, and their willingness to honor traditions over the Word of God and um And just uh, constantly challenging them. And I love how there are so many times where uh, we can read that he says that he knew their thoughts. And, you know, he he could, uh, you know, they were all whispering and they're looking at each other and that he just addresses it. And then he he just speaks out so everybody can hear it. So um, we were uh, we we studied through Jesus healing the paralytic. And um, there was uh, uh, there was some. Uh, contention uh, coming from them, and, and and they weren't very happy with, by the fact that he said to somebody, son, your sins are forgiven you. Uh, so they challenged him there, and then uh, they were also offended that he was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and saying, wait a minute, who's that? And then Jesus had to explain to them, look, I came to heal those that were sick. And uh, as we continue through, we'll see that the, the Pharisees are... Um, Also, uh, asking uh, about some more things here when we uh, we look at fasting. So in verse 33, it says, Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast uh, often and make prayers? And likewise, uh, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from uh, from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new one does not match the old. And no one puts the new wine into old skins, or else the new wine would burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined but the new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires a new for he says the old is better. So as Jesus is continuing on uh, in his ministry, this, this question is asked and uh, Jesus is explaining through this all that something new is coming. Something new is happening. There's the, 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 um, there's the uh, example of old and new. That's what he's talking about. And uh, the word new is mentioned 13 times as we read there. Jesus is doing a new thing. Uh, there, was, there was so much clinging to the, 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 uh, the old thing, the old uh, tradition. And uh, you know, how come you're not doing it this way? Why why isn't this happening this way? And Jesus, you know, is it's kind of it makes an, an obvious uh, thing to them. He's like, why would the bridegroom's uh, groomsmen um, fast while he's with them? You know, it doesn't make sense. He, he goes, you know, there will come a day when when they will. And, and he goes on to, to talk about the old and the new so he's trying to reset the mind and, and say you know there's something different going on here there's a new thing that that's that the Lord is doing and uh, comparing that old you know you can't pour old wine into new uh, sorry, new wine into old widened skins and and you, you take that fabric you take a new fabric that hasn't shrunk yet and you put it against the old that you know when it does shrink it's just going to rip away and the rips the tear is going to be bigger you know, so he's talking about the new, the new, and the new is better than the old. So Jesus is doing a new thing here. So when he's questioned there, he just he clearly is and uh, and plainly just uh, speaks to uh, speaks to them about the bridegroom, and then he goes into the parable, and he'd use parables uh, to teach, and uh, and he uses that parable there to to explain that something new is happening, and if, if you know when you think back to the old. You know, their, their wedding ceremonies were like two weeks long. So, you know, you know for us, it's like, hey, can I, have, can I have some time off to go to a wedding? And, I mean, you could probably take an afternoon off and go to the wedding, come back and be like, ah, everybody was there. Food wasn't that good. They had finger food. And, I mean, this was, you know, uh, this was a two-week process of, uh, of celebration. And, uh, they, you know, there would be preparation, and then there's a marriage, and there's a, con- a consummation, and then there's more celebration. You know, they, it, w- it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, that, that w- there would be that time where the, the, you know, bridegroom's men, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to be with him. And, uh, so that's what he's explaining is, you know, why should they be fasting when I'm here with them? You know, and that there's a new thing happening. Uh, uh chapter six, verse one, now it happened on the second Sabbath after the first. Now I, I was, I, as a reading through that and, and, uh, I, I actually, uh, Ashley and I were listening to Chuck Smith teach on this on the way down and. Chuck's like, well, they don't really get into what the first one was, so you know. And I've always loved when uh, uh, when uh, I've heard people that have taught all their lives are like, hey, if the scripture's silent on it, then you can be silent on it. And so you know, that was Chuck's ex- Chuck's ex- explanation of it was. Now it happened the second uh, Sabbath after the first. So he goes, there isn't much explanation of what the first was, so uh, we're not going to get wrapped up in that. But um, after the first, that he went through the grain fields and his disciples plucked the heads of the grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, uh, uh, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And actually it was when you're hungry, you'd be able to eat. You could, you could eat. Um, especially if you're out and you're away from home, uh, then you could do that. So they, they were plucking the, uh, the heads off and they would, you know, rub the chap off the chaff off the wheat and then just eat the wheat. And, uh, um, and so here's another confrontation with the Pharisees and we're going to see another one, uh, right after this. And, uh, so, so they're, they're going through and as they're hungry, they're, they're just grabbing that and they're eating what they can right there. Uh, and I love that Jesus confronts them with the word of God. It's, uh, when when he get, when we get into this here that he's he's reminding them and it's you know these are the people that know the law and uh, and our teachers and he's constantly turning them to what they teach you know and and he's flipping it right back on them and like haven't you read haven't you seen these things but let's look at his his response uh, and right before we get into that I just had a little note right here and I, I I the Lord must have spoke to me at one point and it says so they're they're challenging I mean Jesus answering them and, and he's you know, uh, he he's 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 always defending them. You know, when they're and, uh, you know, these, you know, what are your disciples doing? What are you? And and, and he's he's never saying, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. Hey, hey, guys, knock that off. You know, it's it's it, he's he's explaining to them. Look, what's happening? That's wrong is wrong in your heart. And uh, so when it says here, but Jesus answering them. Said somebody is not happy in there. Uh, <laughs> have you uh, have you not even read this? What David did when he was hungry and those who were with him. How they went into the house of God and took and ate the showbread, and gave some of of those uh, gave it to some of those with him, which is not lawful for any any, any but the priests to eat. And he said to them, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. That's a big statement there, and we'll, we'll go back into it. But it, Jesus was not afraid to make the big statement of who he was because that's who he was. You know, if anybody else is making that statement, the statements that he made, they're a fraud. We know that. You know, if they're saying, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, or, you know, uh, making the statements that Jesus made, they can't make those statements. But the one who is uh, can make those statements. So uh, so the Lord is... Uh, pointing them back to when David was running from Saul. And we're going to go look at it here in a minute. Um, but they're running from Saul and, uh, and he comes in and, and uh, Himelech's there and, and we'll, we'll look into it, but it's ultimately they're hungry. They haven't eaten and they need food and there's no food. So here I am saying, we're going to go read it and I'm summarizing it. But, uh, but, but, uh, Looking at what 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 we're talking about, the showbread uh, in Exodus chapter five, uh, sorry, twenty-five, verse thirty. These loaves, uh, the Lord said, uh, you shall set the showbread uh, on the table before me always. So there was supposed to be this showbread before him in the temple, uh, in the uh, tabernacle, always. It was supposed to be in front of them, uh, in front of uh, out in front. It says, uh, before me always, I'm saying in front of, and the word is before, but before me always. And uh, it, so we know that this is, this is a different bread. So let's, let's uh, take a turn back to Leviticus uh, chapter 24, verse 5, when you get there. Read about the bread of the tabernacle. And verse five says, "And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall uh, you shall set them in two rows, six in one row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. And you shall put frankincense in each row. They may be on the showbread for memorial and offering by fire to the Lord every Sabbath." He shall eat, uh, eat it in order before the Lord, continually uh, being taken for the children of Israel uh, by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons that they shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him for the offerings of the Lord made by fire a perpetual statute. So this wasn't just bread. This wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go into the bakery and get some bread. This this had a lot of spiritual significance and was was before the Lord in there. So um, it's right in the tabernacle. We we read that. Now, if you would turn uh, and just continue further into the scripture, into uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21, we're going to look at the account of uh, David and and, uh, his men taking the holy bread and eating it. First Samuel chapter twenty-one, verse one. Now David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David, and said to him, "Why are you alone, and no one is with you? Was it normal for uh, the the king's general to be by himself?" Wait a minute! What's going on? Why are you here? So it, it, there, this was a different thing. So David has to think of something fast. Saul is pursuing his life, and if you read before this, um, Jonathan and 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 David, as as you may recall, are, are very close friends. They're brothers. They're brothers, and uh, they uh, it, at heart, they're brothers at heart. And um, Jonathan to protect David because Saul's lost his mind. They go out and uh, and Jonathan's. In a uh, conversation and uh, learns what's going to happen. He tells David, Hey, I'm going to go out in the field. And uh, based on how I shoot the arrows and what I say to the, the kid to, to to go retrieve them, you're going to have to know whether you can stay or you can run. And that message was very clear you need to run. You need to go. So David and his men just, and they're gone. And they've been traveling and uh, no doubt hungry. And uh, they uh, they come to this this spot and that we just that we just read here that uh, when David gets there and uh, he comes into Ahimelech, it's just him and his men. And David says in verse two, so David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you, and I have directed my young men. Uh, to such and such a place. Now, for now, therefore, um, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, and or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread, if the young men have at least kept themselves uh, from women. David then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is, in effect, common, even though uh, it is consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there uh, but the show bread, which had been taken before the Lord, in order uh, to put hot, blood, uh, hot bread in its place on the day uh, when it was taken away. So, uh, this this showbread would be put on the, on the table and there were there would be twelve loaves of it those twelve loaves would represent the twelve tribes and then the lord's presence amongst the twelve tribes so this this was this was um, holy bread and shouldn't have been taken but what Jesus is doing is he's he's starting to turn the uh, so it, when we c- when we come back you guys can turn back to Luke so what's happening here is Jesus is continuing to try to turn the minds, the thinking of the Pharisees, and uh, and informing them that the way they look at things is wrong. And uh, he's what he's explaining is need over uh, over uh, is more uh, it, it overcomes uh, a tradition. I mean, these guys needed to eat; starving, they hadn't eaten. And what Jesus is saying here is when there's a need. You know, that's more important than, than, uh, than a rule, than what's happening here. So he says, you know, he, he challenges them. And uh, and then he says, you know, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And he continues in making his statements. And, uh, and you know, no doubt they're, they're frustrated with him. And we're going to look here. They get further frustrated with him. Look at verse 6. Now it ha- happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that he might find that they might find an accusation against him. Think about, think about how hard your heart must be, and their hearts must have been, and, and uh, no doubt our hearts have, have probably been that hard before in our lives, but how hard, hard their heart must have been to see a man that's withered and be like, oh, we're going to get him now you know they they're just like I, I hope i hope he heals him. that way we can that way we can have something to accuse him of i mean that's just such a wicked heart that's such a lost heart of uh, of oh I, I can't wait to get him you know this this is we got him set up now I, instead of going home you know, we're, we're going to witness something cool here i wonder if he's going to do it and boom we'll see what happens uh, as we read here uh, verse 8 but he knew their thoughts and said to the men uh who had the withered hand, arise and stand here, and he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to destroy? And it's never okay to do evil. It's never, I mean, the scriptures never said, hey, go ahead and do evil. You know, and and what Jesus is explaining here is that, I'm going to heal this man. What would, what would you think? It, it, the, the, the mindset of the, their, their own mindset is the evil thing there. The evil thing is, oh, we've got to get this guy. Because they didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. Even though he's constantly proving and showing. I mean, there's, there's nobody else. None of us here can look at somebody and say, stretch out your hand. None of us can look at the paralytic that's laying there and say, rise up and walk. We can say, sons, you're forgiven. Uh, son, your sins are forgiven. But just empty words if we can back that up with so that you can see that I have the power on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and walk, go home. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's where the rubber meets the road right there. So Jesus, you know, right here, he, he just says, you know, is it lawful to do good uh, on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or destroy? You know, he, he uses the example, like, you know, if if your neighbor, if your neighbor needs help and trying to get his animal out of the ditch, you know, is it okay for him to do that? It, we're suppo- you, you can do those things. They, they, everything was so focused on, you need to follow this ritual. You need to follow that. And and with the wrong twists on the word of God. And they would make their rituals and their traditions uh, more powerful than the word of God. More important than the word of God. And then and it would just burden everybody and nobody had the freedom that they were supposed to have in uh, what we have in a relationship with the Lord. To save a life or destroy... He says to do good or to save life, and when he had looked around at all of them, I, at them all, I love that part. He looked at them all. He asked the question, and he's making eye contact with every single person that's in there. And no doubt, no doubt. Just that that mindset of, and I don't, I, I wonder how many of them could keep their their that. That staring contest, and I don't know that I'm not saying it's a staring contest. They, I, I bet they didn't make eye contact with the Lord for very long. If they did, it was kind of a, you know, they're they're afraid. They're hiding their faces. They're not looking at him bold like they were when they came in and when they're talking to each other. They're scared. They're afraid. And when he looked around at them all, he said to the man, "Stretch out your hand." And he did so, and his hand was restored, as whole as the other. Amazing day for that guy. You know, we, we've we've talked about a few of these things. You know, uh, these infirmities, and you know, things that oh, you know, this is this is hurting. I mean, uh, my my dad just had both of his knees replaced. Um, my dad's seventy six, and uh, got one done, and then they had the. Did I ever tell you guys this? okay sorry i was like if i just told you guys this two weeks ago i'm sorry um but uh, I, he's going through a lot right now you know and uh, i've talked to him several times i've been like dad you know i i just to have two knee replacements at the age of 76 and, and it's caused him some trouble and i love my dad he'd be okay with me talking uh, this stuff but you no know, it's causing trouble you know getting some fluid in his lungs because he's not moving the way he should getting up and moving and having complications with medications and everything. And, uh, there, he's going through a lot. He's struggling. And, um, and he had a checkup today and he was all excited that the the checkup went well. And, and I was, I was talking to him as, as, uh, they were on their way back from, from the doctor. And my dad's a chiropractor and, uh, he's a retired chiropractor. And uh, so uh, d- my dad and medicine just don't go together, you know, it's just polar opposites, you know? And, uh, uh so when he, um, had the surgery, he agreed. He loved his doctor. He agreed to take the take the medicine, and and uh, he's been taking it. But the side effects of the medicine have been, uh, in his eyes, worse than you know the, the the good it was supposed to be doing. So he's like, why am I doing this? So he was all excited that he only has to uh, stay on one, and he's been good. He's uh, to his credit, and I've, uh, I'm ta- talking about a man who's had dental work done with no novocaine no he just he's he's hardcore you know and and for him when it when it came down to uh to this he's like no you know i'm just i'm gonna listen he really respected his doctor so he got he he had the surgeries and everything and it's a process you know and uh, and now he's got a long road to recovery to to getting his strength and getting flexibility and this surgery was way long overdue and finally he he said you know what we're gonna do it and uh it was, It's a long road. I mean, this guy, this guy, just Jesus just looks at him and says, stretch out your hand, and he's made whole. I can tell you right now, my dad would love that, you know, just to be able to, you know, oh, I got these knees and, um, you know, get up and walk around. But, you know, when we have that type of, of procedure done at the hands of, of man, um, we've got a long healing process coming. And we've got re- rehabilitation. We've got staples that need it. My dad kept a little staple remover. He's all excited got a little text oh your dad has a new toy and he's just like this little tweezer looking thing and i'm like yeah that's my dad he'll save everything he's awesome but uh you know we gotta have the staples removed and stitches and oh i got to stretch it out and i gotta get up and move and i gotta make sure i don't get blood clots and you know there's all those things but when the lord does something it's just like here you go (laughs) you know and uh i mean not not that it's ungodly you know to have these things done but uh I'd rather have the Lord heal me than have to go I've got been through a shoulder surgery and knee surgery and uh, I have more coming but um I just rather be healed by the Lord and 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 keep going. So so this man was just made well and he's restored and uh he didn't have to go through rehab. He didn't have you know he just is just instantly healed and he's 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 back. He's got his hand and and you know now he's you know he's useful again. He can provide for himself. He can. I don't. I don't know. We don't have any other background uh, to this man. But you know he's he's no longer tied up, and um, you know he can stretch his hand out. And uh, you'd think there'd be celebration. Uh, verse eleven says it, it, you know it's got the contrast there. Starts with a contrast, and uh, verse eleven starts with but. They were filled with rage and discussed with one, one another what they might do to Jesus. So the murderous thoughts are coming, I'm gonna kill him. So they're what they're uh, they're blinded by their rage. They're blinded by their traditions that they don't even see what's happening in front of them and acknowledge that it's God. That God in the flesh is there. It's just so so blinded. And uh, they, they, they've got their own agenda. They've got their own things that they can't look and go, wow, we, we just saw great things. Because mm-hmm. you can look back in, in the beginning of, um, of uh, Luke 5, and, and uh, as you're, you're reading, uh, going through even uh, Jesus here heals a paralytic, it, it ends with, and they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. You know, this response is, no way. He didn't just do that. On the Sabbath, and he goes. I mean, it, it's it's he he's continuing on here where where he was just explaining. You know, when they're saying, "Wait a minute, these guys are walking through the grain fields and they're plucking, they're eating, they're eating these things," and it's like they they totally forgot that conversation happened. And Jesus just proclaimed that, "Hey, didn't you? Don't you? Are you aware that David ate the showbread, and he shouldn't? You know, that shouldn't have been done. That's only for the priests." That's it. That was, that, was, that was just for the priest to eat. Nobody, no common person supposed to eat that. But what Jesus is saying is that the necessity will overcome. It's more important than, uh, than uh, their traditions. And the Lord doesn't just, you know, I, I love the Lord's welfare system. And it was, you know, when they're gleaning a field, you drop some stuff, you leave it right there, because then the poor can come and they can glean their things. The Lord takes care of us. The Lord provides for us, and and uh, I, I love His His willingness to defend us, and uh, and and Jesus, Jesus just will will go in in all of these situations and just still still take care of the need, but also address the hatred, ad- address the, the, the wicked agenda, uh, and the hard heart, he'll still do that. He'll st- it's not like that. Okay, great. You've seen this guy. I could have healed him, but you know, but he still ministers to those, those in need. It's such a blessing. And just to see their response, they were filled with rage to be filled with rage. Um, I, phew, to be filled with instantly when I start thinking of that I just remember being a kid, you know, and just to, you because know, we, we should learn as we get older that that rage needs to be brought in and then pushed away and be done with. But as a kid, man, especially out with your friends or whatever, you're playing, I remember playing backyard football, football and one of my friends just, he was, I was always the smallest and the youngest one amongst my brother and, um, and all the friends in the neighborhood. I was usually the smallest one there. And I had the ball, and I'm running, and this one guy s- grabs my shirt, spins me around, and just just takes me right off my feet. Wham! And I smack my head off the ground, and I get up, and I'm just so mad, I'm crying. Rah! I'm trying to come in at this guy, you know, just full of rage, you know. There's and and obviously it's not going to work out well for me. I'm a little guy, and you know, but I'm just mad. And I'm yelling at him. Uh, you know, that's probably a little more of a righteous rage, but but when we get in that rage, uh usually people go i just lost my mind i just completely you've heard people say i blacked out and i did x whatever it was you know and uh so they're in a rage they are mad they are mad and and it says what they might and discuss with one another what they might do to jesus what are we going to do to this guy they don't they don't recognize who he is even though the scripture declares when you see these things that's the messiah you know and they, they're just not getting it you know and and the Lord just said, I, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, and these guys still here, blind in their rage, uh, are just saying, whoa, we got to take this guy out. There's no celebration amongst them. I mean, that guy that got healed, he was celebrating. But these guys here are like, oh, because, I mean, look, look back. It says uh, in verse 7, so the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. Oh, I hope he, uh, he I, I hope he doesn't do it, but I hope he does. You know, I, I don't want to see, you know, uh, I don't want to see, it. I, I want to see this happen, but um, they also don't want to see it happen because they don't want to see uh, the Sabbath broken. You know, you see what I mean? They, they've got the, the Sabbath shouldn't be broken. So I, I shouldn't want to see that, but they, they do want to see it in their hearts, you know? So, so they just want to find something that they can catch Jesus uh, in. So they think they can, um they can accuse him. Let's keep verse uh, reading in verse 12. It says, Now it came to pass in those days that he uh, went out to the mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot. Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So, uh, another occasion that we can read, the Lord of all creation was praying, and he goes and he, he separates himself, goes and prays all night in prayer to God, the, God the Father. And uh, when it uh, when it was day, he you know called his disciples to himself. So there was there were more than twelve people walking around with Jesus. Man, I think uh, will talked about this two Sundays ago you know uh, that uh, that uh, eventually I think it was it's mentioned there was 120 uh, that that were there through the whole uh, all of Jesus's ministry but these 12 were the ones that were called to be th- so there's a disciple one that's discipled then there's an apostle an apostle means one that is sent sent one so uh, these 12 would be used to be sent out so but he he's out and he prayed all night uh, all night to God it says and when it was day then then these 12 are the ones that are 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 called to be uh, the apostles so uh, in looking here uh, we can learn again the importance of alone time with the Lord it's mentioned several times and when the scripture mentions something several times we should probably understand the importance of it because we can read right over that, and read right over it when it said it in, or in chapter five, and read right over it when it said it at this time or that time. The importance of us having our own alone time with the Lord. Whether you, you know, if you're a journaler, a journalist, you know, you got your journal, or you just you're gonna sit down. Um, my favorite time is right at the kitchen table before everybody's gotten up. You know, just to be able to sit there. I, I know that if I'm laying down, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> You know, my spirit is willing, flesh is weak. Uh, So I've been like, if I'm sitting at the kitchen table, as long as I don't have my hand here or whatever, then I can read and and I can be blessed. me my Bible, give me my pen, and I'm just going to be able to go through and read. It's just the importance and uh, the importance of us being in prayer, being in the word and being fed. So the Lord, as we as we see here, the Lord is continuing to minister, and we continue to see the hard heart of man and the wicked heart of man uh, that He's confronting constantly as we're reading through these. Now the Lord is explaining. There's something new happening, and these guys. Oh no! Wait, wait a minute. What about this? Why are these guys eating this? And is He going to stretch out? Is He going to He's going to heal this guy? Oh, here it goes. This is the prime opportunity. There's the There's the broken guy. I wonder if He's going to go fix him. You know, just that wickedness of heart. Yeah, we should we should be so blessed, you know, to know when someone is, is made whole, someone's been healed. You know, we gotta guard our hearts too, because I, I think there are times that I I know I I think sometimes we might be skeptical, but you know when you hear oh this person accepted the Lord, what? <laughs> you know, wait a minute, no way, no way. You know, somebody can be I don't believe it. You know, somebody can be of that mindset. You know that they might miss the whole point of. Do you realize that person just came to Jesus and is now saved and is now your brother or sister? Yeah, but I really didn't like them. and I really, you know, you know, we we should never wish upon somebody that they would die and go to hell, right? But our our wicked hearts. And that's what I see. That's where I, I see that I could uh, I can relate with the Pharisees a little more than anything else. Is wait a minute that wait, but well, that's wait a minute, and then the Lord of Point you know, point to my life and go, hey, remember when? And, oh yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> just like you know, the Lord's the Lord's the best at doing that. So uh, we see the Lord confronting the heart of man, the wicked heart of man, uh, and uh, and we see them scheming and uh, it just it's just wicked hearts that are that are uh, are being um, being addressed, and they should have accepted the correction, but they didn't. So the Lord, the Lord, as we, as we've continued through and next time we, uh, next time we study, we'll pick up right in, uh, verse 17 and, and keep going along. But the Lord, uh, the Lord, I love how consistent the Lord is. There isn't the, uh, well, you know, I'm going to heal on this day and, uh, you know, the healing ministry was, was on, on, on Fridays. So, uh, you know, don't bring him here on the Sabbath. Don't bring him here Saturday. He should have been here yesterday. You know, not one of those things. The Lord is consistent in His heart for our hearts, um, and He he's, He He loves us and wants us to be whole, wants us to walk with Him, and uh, and our uh, the wickedness of man's heart may question, you know, our sincerity, or, or we may question someone else's sincerity if our heart isn't right. But the Lord is uh, He's 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 so willing to forgive and to restore and to heal. And um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So uh, let's pray and uh, and then we'll go about our way. So Father, we thank you so much that we can learn more about your heart. And Lord, that we can see the warnings in here about uh, how hard our hearts can be. Oh, Father, that we would not be hard-hearted, that we wouldn't be stubborn, that we wouldn't be hate-filled. But, Lord, that your Your spirit would continue to minister to our hearts and through our hearts, Lord, and through our lives. You continue to, to mold us into your image. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.